You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. We are coming to you live on Real Presence Live today from Assisi Heights here in Rochester, Minnesota. My name's Steve Splonskowski, along with... I'm Michael Goldsmith. And we are excited to be with you. We've been here in Rochester, the Rochester area, for the last few days. Had some visits here in Rochester. We were in Owatonna yesterday. Yes. Um, uh, we're not going to make it to Winona today, but uh, we're going to meet uh, with some of uh, the staff from Winona. And uh, so thank you for all, uh, all of the uh, visits, for the opportunity to be with here with you here and the opportunity to serve you in this community. We are very blessed, and we are very blessed now to head to an interview uh, with uh, Mary Hanbury. Mary, how are you this morning? I'm well, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, it's uh, warmer in Fargo by two degrees, I'm oh. very, I've been told. <laughs> the sun's out, yes. It's beautiful yes. here. Yeah. It's, there's something about the sun oh, um, and how that matter, changes, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, there's something about that light coming yeah. in into the window that yes. makes it all yes. the difference and uh january ha- sorry to break in but january didn't i don't think we had a, a a day down here that didn't have it was gloomy all it was the worst january on record they said mm. oh it was gloomy. yes oh yes and we need the sunlight and actually <laughs> you know uh, let's talk about the beauty of the sunlight because we're going to talk about sacred art and oftentimes we know that in art uh one of the the great uh perspectives is light and, exactly. and, and how light changes that art so Mary let's talk about um, the value of sacred art in human life and, and, and actually in the church, you know in the church yeah. I mean what does it do for us well really I think we've lost sort of that what is the value in the last you know hundred years it's just been kind of going away but just in the last decade people more and more people are talking about sacred art and the value of it and there's more books and blogs and I got a whole stack on my desk basically about sacred art but um, we need it we need the visual and you talked about the light you know back in the gothic age they realized that with architecture and they started putting in stained glass windows to bring Mm -hmm. in that light to illuminate the church and to illuminate uh, catechesis the truths of our faith that were embedded in the stained glass windows and so um, yeah there's a huge value and, and we're drawn to beauty and so we're drawn to that in our faith well, you mentioned, Mary, a little bit there about the what they're putting those symbols in in art. And I know you were recently in Rome um, going through and explaining some of the symbolism in art. And, of course, it, 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 maybe I'm wrong here, but let me let me ask this question. You know, there was no, no printing press, right? So all the right. books had to be hand-copied. Uh, was art actually used as a tool for teaching and, and for uh, kind of... Uh, putting this history into some sort of a visible form? Well, exactly. So the average family didn't have books. They were expensive. Only monasteries had books in the early church and even through the Middle Ages and through the Renaissance. And so what the what people did is they put that on the church walls. So like a fresco or a mosaic. Uh, later on, it was oils. But So you would go to church. You'd, you'd learn your faith from your family. It was passed down orally. But a visual part of that was also in our churches and so you could go through a church and almost read like storyboards um, about our faith or about a particular saint. Uh, Assisi, if you've been to Assisi, that's a great example in the upper church of the Basilica where you have the life of St. Francis on one side, like a picture, like going through a picture book, and then the life of Christ on the other, and you're supposed to even see like, oh, St. Francis was a type of Christ. He was acting like Christ was, as you see the comparison. Yeah. Um, See the correlation, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've kind of lost that in our churches here in the United States. I think we're getting back to it, though, in more modern architecture that's coming out, realizing the value that we had in sacred art that we kind of missed in our last uh, Yeah, it's unfortunate, unfortunate that from Vatican II and some, some parishes and priests, you know, they, they pulled a lot of the, the art and stuff, you know, out of the mm-hmm. churches yeah. saying, you know, well, we didn't need these things anymore, right? You know? Right. <laughs> and they kind yeah. of, you know, and we really do. We really we need do. them. And, you know, yeah, it's beautiful. And so Our how, textbooks, too, the same yeah, thing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How, how would you define sacred art, Mary? Um, well, you know, we look at the art. So when we're talking about the art, you know, we're talking about the visual arts, music, obviously, they could talk about film as art. But yep. um, when we're talking about the sacred art, sacred art is, is that which is meant to lift our hearts and mind to God, basically, to bring us closer to Him. Because we're a tangible, we like to touch, we like to feel, we like to see. And so having that visual in front of us of sacredness, that which is holy, um, helps in our relationship and draws us closer to Him and teaches us mm-hmm. about Him. So there's and there's different types of, of sacred art, different styles of sacred art, right, Mary? Right, right. Um, so, so I mean, and and, and I, I guess you could argue that within the church and within human experience, there are different personalities that are drawn to different types of art. But what would you say is a working definition of sacred art? Um, well, I would still say the same thing. It's it's art that's meant to lift our our hearts and mind to God. It's um, that which teaches us about the faith. Um, you could go all different directions in sacred art. Some people will go there. There's a difference between religious art and sacred art. So you could look at what is art appropriate for liturgy, for catechesis, um, for private devotion at home, um, things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and I, I, I don't mean to kind of, I don't know to put you on the spot or anything. Mm-hmm. Maybe a priest would be a better person, but you know, you, you get that from from other denominations and stuff. You know, when we when we talk about our statues or our sacred art and those kinds of things, they 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 tend to like draw us and say, you know, well, that's idolatry. No, yeah, you know, yeah, that's you know, well, and it's really right. not. You <laughs> know, really that, be, that is right. just a myth. But well, it, yeah. That, yeah, it's a. And an argument, you could make the same argument that I have a picture on my wall of my mother, and so I'm worshiping her, which right, is not true. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's remembrance of the great things. Exactly. And, and let's talk a little bit about that, Mary. We mentioned just a little bit about you know the the special <laughs> hidden symbols and art within art. So is there a is so does this mean like the Da Vinci Code yeah. is real? So <laughs> right. um, it's interesting because we've lost the language of art or sacred art, especially. So back in the Middle Ages, they would um, have these frescoes or mosaics, and they would put different symbols in them. Well, first. First of all, we could probably go back to even earlier than that, to the to the pagan worship and the pagan world, the Greeks and the Romans. They had symbolism, some of it, in their work, but it was pretty much just straightforward. Um, when Christians came along, they didn't know how to talk about the Holy Spirit. What do we show? Okay, it became the dove, um, the inner tr- the inner part of our faith, devotion, and so different symbols came out of that and because of the persecutions as well. And so through the centuries, those different symbols became to mean something. And people knew that when they were looking at the art. They knew the peacock meant resurrection. They knew what the lion meant, resurrection, you know. They knew the lily right. meant Our Lady. And so um, today we've lost that language because because of where art has been in the last hundred years. We've moved out of right. secular art into more, art. we've moved towards secular art, I should say. Um, and we've yeah. lost that language. And so um, I'm teaching in Catholic courses uh, the next three Sundays. And one of the classes, we're, we're going to just looking at the different symbols and kind of back to what is this painting actually telling us about Jesus, about God, through these different symbols. 
Well, I think it's going to be exciting. We're going to give you more details on that teaching up in a few minutes, but folks, you've got to stay with us because uh, I've actually traveled with Mary um, in, uh, in Italy and, and listened to her explanations of these pictures, and it's amazing what comes out. If you want to stand in front of a beautiful picture and say, this is really cool, well, yeah. guess what? What if you're standing there and someone says, well, let me tell you what this picture means. A whole new world opens up to right, you. Yeah. That light is shined, yeah. that yeah. Light is shined that on light, it, right? That light has yeah. shown in. In, 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 in the literal sense and in a in a spiritual sense, right? Absolutely. Right. And so Mary's going to teach this class in Fargo, but uh, we're going to give you more details in a minute. Let's, let's keep talking about this because, Mary, you mentioned a couple things. Um, well, actually, you didn't, but they're in your notes here. But one of the things you mentioned was, you know, like the peacock and the lion are a symbol of, of life, of the resurrection. It, tease us a little bit. The lion, what? Why is the lion a sign of resurrection? Well, it makes gosh. some sense, though, um, right? I got to remember my history, my history for the lion. Daniel? Yeah, Daniel in the lion's den um, is a common symbol in the early church because he survives, basically, in the lion's den. Um, but the lion, there is another symbolism of the lion, and I, I can't exactly remember what it was. If it's something with the lions or baby lions are born blind, was that it? Was that it? Okay. Well, uh, I just remember... Uh, they can, yeah. yeah. I remember in some of the, the stuff that you were explaining to us uh, in, in Italy last time we were there, that uh, you know, on the sarcoph- on the a lot of the oh, sarcophagus, the sarcophagus is right. right. There was there Daniel was always the uh, yeah. Daniel and the lions, which <laughs> is a sign of the resurrection. Right, 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 and it's on the sarcophagus because the person is is hoping to also be in heaven, and so they put a lot of motifs, uh, carvings that have to do with the resurrection on the side of the sarcophagus. There's a whole some of one of them I showed uh, Steve and his children was a whole catechesis of basically our faith on the side of the car- the sarcophagus. Mm. Let's talk a little bit, Mary. Now, I know you have a background in teaching um, and a training in teaching, and, and, and we're talking about art as a teaching tool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's different styles of learning. There's, you know, you read, and, and there's memorization, and there's that visual um, learning. Talk to us about that a little bit in art and how it really, I mean, what does it do for memory and for learning, having that visual art? tool in front of you for teaching. Sure. And we, as teachers, we all know that there's the auditory learners and there's the visual learners and there's the kinesthetic learners. And so obviously in teaching, you want to incorporate all different kinds of, of methods uh, for your curriculum. And so obviously the visual is, is a very important one. I'm a visual learner. It's probably why I am attracted to art and visual things. Mm. But it is important because it, it reinforces. So, and it also draws you into a different perspective. If I tell you a story about Jesus healing the blind man, um, okay, so you've got one image in your head, maybe, if you even image it. But if I show you um, a rendition of that in art, it really kind of comes alive. I didn't picture the man looking like that or his facial expression. I didn't picture Jesus' facial expression. So that's really interesting in art, too. And it can bring a whole new meditation um, into, my, into my prayer life of what that gospel story is all about. You right, could spend a whole class just teaching on on a picture, basically, and going through right. different things. Yeah, and and that and that personal interpretation, we we all have that, right? When we look at things and right. we feel things, yeah. and, you know. I mean, we do need the direction of the church, and we need direction, you know, to understand, you know. And and that was kind of the building off of what you're talking about with telling the story, and that's how it all happened through that. But we still do all have our personal interpretation and in the working through that, correct? Correct. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the classes I'm teaching the last one is on praying pray with how to pray with art and so mm-hmm. there's one piece i just recently came across by casper david uh frederick friedrich 
He's a German. Mm-hmm. He's a Protestant. But he does these these paintings that are um, they're part of the Romantic period. But so they're uh, kind of deserted landscapes. But they're typically there's either a church, a crucifix, or a cross uh, in there with somebody who's around it. So one of the paintings is a it's a crucifix way high in a mountain, and you see this sort of like between heaven and earth and the distant mountains in the in the background and there's a man and a woman who are climbing the woman reaches the top she's got one hand on the crucifix and the other hand she's reaching down to a man we assume he's a man because he's black and it looks like he's wearing a hat we assume she's a woman we can't see their faces because she's wearing a dress so there's all different kind of meditations you could make of that because she could represent mm-hmm. the virgin mary who's helping somebody up to her son it could be a married yeah. couple you know, the, the wife made it up there first, and she's helping her husband up. We could, we could meditate through our own conversion, because that was probably a very hard climb. It looks like a very hard climb in this painting that they did. Through our own life, our own journey, our own struggles, that we make it, you know. So there's many things you can meditate on just that one piece of art. Yeah, and you got, you know... The person that's painting it, of course, has its own uh, own interpretation when they're painting right. it, and right. and what that meaning is for them, mm-hmm. and they may explain that to some people. But that, but then when the art gets to more people, you can draw those things mm-hmm. off of and and do all of those things, and you may not know the true meaning of what that person painted the per- picture for, or maybe they just wanted wanted other people to right. have a complete yeah. <laughs> different picture of, or, or you know what I'm saying, right. Mary? Yeah. No, that's true. Some of the yeah. painters, especially in the 1800s, didn't give, they didn't even give titles. They left it right. up to interpretation for yourself. During the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. it was more so the painter would probably say, well, this is about Our Lady and Jesus and their relationship or something like that. But there's right. other devotional paintings. Um, they were done in the 1700s. It was interesting because they were meant for home devotion. The way the perspective is, for example, let's take the nativity that... Um, the perspective shows you that like you're in the room with the shepherds and our lady and Jesus, baby Jesus and Joseph. And it's like they're all around the, the, the crest, but they left a space for you. And so it's almost like you can walk right in and you're standing right there in the circle, uh, adoring baby Jesus along with them. And so um, those pieces obviously were meant for, for that private home devotion. But again, I think we miss that today where it's like, no, that's actually meant for you. <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be there too. It's a piece to, to pray with, to meditate on. Is that who's who's that piece of art by Mary? Do you remember the? Um, well, there's uh, actually there's several, so I don't have. Oh. Um, okay. There was, so you probably... uh, yeah, this genre in the 1700s painted many of oh. them like that. Um, I think that Rembrandt really did cool. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rembrandt did one, and I can't remember the name of the other guy who uh, who I just looked okay. at. But yeah. And if you want to know more details, of course, you're going to have to come to this event. It's at Catholic Collage, but we're going to give you more details in a minute. That's a little tease. Catholic Collage in Fargo. More details coming. Mary's going to teach uh, a class on this sacred art. Mary, we're talking about specific pieces and 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 what they contain. And and I know one of the pieces we were just looking at was the uh, Transfiguration by Raphael. Right. Um, oh. That is on display. And you know. So, talk to us about this this piece of art. So, if folks, if you're listening right now, and if you're by a computer, look up Transfiguration by Raphael. You see it in front of you. <laughs> it actually depicts a whole scripture passage, it right? Does. Of it the Transfiguration. Does. It does. Talk a little bit about how they're. I mean, that the, Raphael's trying to sure. capture a whole story there. Sure. So, for those of you who've ever been to Rome or are going to Rome, this would be a good one because it's in the Vatican Museum. It's a huge painting. It's obviously on the on the Transfiguration, mm-hmm. but it's a two part picture. So, the top part you see the typical you know Transfiguration picture: Jesus up there with Moses and Elijah, and Peter, James, and John are up there, and they see the vision. But then down below. 
the second part of the picture, you see the rest of the apostles, and they were trying to heal a man who was possessed by a demon. And you see, it was actually a boy, uh, the boy with his parents there, and you could tell that the demon is like still there. But interestingly enough, there's this woman in the middle of the picture, middle of the apostles down there, and she's not dressed like a woman of their time. Her shoulders half uncovered, and she's almost like wearing a toga kind of thing. And if you look at her eyes, she's not, she's pointing. She's pointing in the direction, and she's kind of pointing at the boy. And But her eyes aren't looking at anybody who she's pointing to. It's like she if you follow her eyes, it goes to the top of one of the guy's heads. She's like, who is this woman? Who is she pointing to? But if you look at the story, Jesus goes up the mountain. Okay, they have the transfiguration. But after that, in the gospel, he comes back down. And the apostles are there saying, we tried to heal this boy. He had a demon, and we couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And Jesus says, well, this is through prayer and fastings. Jesus is the one who heals them. In the picture, if you bring Jesus off the mountain, like straight down, into this crowd, there's almost a space left open for him, suddenly we see that the woman is looking at Jesus, and she's pointing to Jesus saying, heal this boy. She represents the church, interceding on the behalf of the boy, asking our Lord to heal. Wow, and so that's, that's a little, little tease. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little tease. If you go into Just the Vatican. Just on one piece of art. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah it's got its own that's room. That's a little tease. Yeah, yeah right. Yep. Well, we're so, talking with Mary Hanbury. Uh, we're, we're talking about sacred art, uh, and she's going to be giving a class uh, six different Sundays on sacred uh, art. And, three, and three scripture. Sundays. Yeah. I'm sorry, three Sundays, yep. yeah. Okay, and uh, we're talking here with Real Presence Live with Mary about the sacred art and the meaning and, and what we have lost and what we are still have in our in our church so um michael goldsmith with steve somskowski on real presence radio here so mary with why don't you tell us a little bit about those the sundays and and, and kind of give us a, a little rundown of what's going to be happening sure they're here in fargo um they are three sundays in a row for an, a class for an hour hour 15 minutes over at shanley high school you have to register for these classes there is a website actually um, and so there's other choices as well. I'm not the only one teaching. Bishop as Bishop Folda is actually teaching one of the classes as well. There's some scripture classes and things like that. Um, mine is uh, three different Sundays, but they're three different classes. The first one's on the history and purpose. The second one is on sort of just looking at certain people, uh, certain pieces, and looking at the symbolism behind that. I'm going to teach you about what's in there. And then the third class is going to be on prayer with sacred art. Uh, how to meditate, pick out certain pieces that, especially during Lent, um, that will help from that. What's the times on that, Mary? My class is from 1 to 2.15 uh, every Sunday, so February 9th, 16th, and 23rd. And then okay, the website so is uh, catholiccollage.com. You do have to register. Okay. So collage is spelled C-O-L-L-A-G-E, folks, if you don't know how to spell that, because I think I would spell it wrong. <laughs> right. So Catholic, CatholicCollage.com for that. Again, February 9th, 16th, and 23rd, Mary Hanbury is going to talk on sacred art from 1 to 2.15 p.m. Where is that located? Shanley High School is Shanley South Fargo. Yeah. Very Shanley good. High School. That was, our, that was my next question. Yep. So. so, Mary, let me ask you this question. <clears throat> talking about Catholic art, and you're going to hear this out there from people, yeah, you know, the, the treasures of the church, the church should sell these treasures and take care of the poor, dog. Right, it. Right, yeah. right. Mary, Mary, what do you say to that? Well, I mean, Jesus why, why says sh- the poor is always with us, for one, and so, um, and we should obviously take care of the poor. It's not a, like, do either or kind of thing. Um, right. And we do have these beautiful treasures of the church, and beauty attracts. 
especially this younger generation. If you here in Fargo, we are building more traditional churches with the beautiful stained glass. Again, if you look at um, Saint Anna and Joachim down in South Fargo, it's got beautiful artwork in there. The floors have symbolisms. The stained glass, the mosaics of the Stations of the Cross. It's because mm-hmm. beauty attracts. It evangelizes. And I know Bishop Robert Barron is talking constantly about this um, with his different video series and his blogs and. Twitter account and things like that. So um, it's part of our heritage. It's part of our, our richness of our faith. So so the clarification, if you're listening, you know, artwork in our churches is not about um, this worshiping of things other than God. It actually is this art is put there to draw our hearts to God. Right. right? We talk right. about, I go up to the altar of God or the mountain of the Lord. When we step into our churches, it should raise our hearts to the eternal, right? Right, Mary? right. And sometimes uh, the art, we have to admit, does not do that in our churches. Then it's not appropriate for that space. Oh, good point. Yeah. I mean, it can it can come to that, right, Yeah, Mary? it can distract. It can be sort of like, well, that's not really helping me enter into right. the Mass. I mean, there's not every piece of even religious art or sacred art is meant to be in the sanctuary of the church right. or on the sides or things like that. So, Right. There's other appropriate areas right. or, or, or right. things to do that. And yeah, yeah. very good point. And so that, so that art is a tool for our effort, you know, to, to make our prayer life and our, our journey towards uh, towards relationship with the Lord more efficacious and use all of those teaching tools, all those right. teaching styles right. of the human person, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like you said and like you said before, Mary, you know, we have we have music and we have film and you know, those are other teaching tools, you know, but they are still considered sacred art, right? Um, they can be, yeah. Yep. 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 So, but specifically, what we're talking about is kind of the symbolism and the things that are the going, visual. Yeah, the it, visual. The visual side. Yep. yep. So the visual fine arts, I suppose you would say. So again, that's a Catholic collage in Fargo. Uh, that the, the event is uh, going to be February 9th, sixteenth, and the twenty third. Mary Hanbury talking about sacred art and the different parts of that. CatholicCollage.com. Um, is where you can find more information on that. Mary, um, obviously you've done some research on this and you've found some great uh, resources for the information that you have. Uh, What are your favorite uh, sources of information on sacred art? Books, websites, whatnot. So I just picked up a new book. Um, It's like the 50 pieces that every Christian should know. In fact, I might actually write an article on it. Um, That I learned some pieces in there. You know, um, there's some books by Liz Lev. She's an art historian. She lives in Rome. Um, she just done one recently on the Baroque art. She mostly concentrated on the pieces in Italy, but that one was also very good. Um, my favorite, though, uh, is probably James Tussaud. He's actually a painter in the 1800s. He had a conversion. He used to paint sort of frivolous things of ladies in their gowns or whatever, but he had a conversion and he went to the Holy Land to see what the Holy Land looked like. And he painted a series of 350 pictures of the life oh, wow. of Jesus. And every gospel story that you can think of, he painted. I mean, even the ones that you never see images of, he painted. What was his name again? James Tissot, T-I-S-S-O-T. Um, and that was what he felt he needed to paint at the end of, towards the end of his life. That's the only thing he did after his conversion. And he's, wow. they're watercolors. They're at the Brooklyn Museum, and unfortunately, they're not on display because it's this collection that they wait for another museum to basically pay for this to come out. It hasn't been out in 10 years, which is very sad. Mm. Um, He's got one piece, though, I love. It's um, what Jesus saw from the cross. So, a very unusual perspective, but 
what you see is you are on the cross with Jesus looking down at the people and you see mm. their faces, their expressions, what they're doing and um, a great piece to meditate on. I am going to go through that piece of the class. Um, oh. But I get, I use a lot of his work and uh, there is a book that came out from that exhibit called The Life of Christ. Um, he's, his pictures are, are paintings or watercolors. They're quite popular and showing up in a lot of textbooks, uh, religious textbooks these days, um, things like that. So he's one of my favorites. So you want to just kind of briefly tell us again what time you're going to be doing these classes and the dates again? Sure, they start this Sunday, so February 9th, and then the 16th, and then the 23rd. My class is from 1 to 2.15. You must pre-register. I believe there's a cost, although I'm I'm not in charge of any of that. Sure. Uh, you'd have to see on the website. Um, and like I said, there's other classes as well on scripture and and that's at the sh- at Shanley High School. You Shanley said? High School, South Fargo. Yes, very good. And that's CatholicCollage.com that you can go to. Right. So, well, thanks so much for being with us, Mary. It's been a, a pleasure talking to you, and and we've learned quite a bit about uh, sacred art. I'm sure we could talk more about it, but thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting yes. me. Well, coming up next, how parents can protect their children from an evil that tries to rid us of human dignity, and later in the show. How the amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit can be released in your in your soul. That's going to be a, an enticing uh, an enticing conversation. I think I, I always look for that uh, to be released because I know I try to hold it back sometimes. So, and you're going to be coming back with us soon. Thanks for staying tuned to Real Prince Real Presence Live. I'm Michael Goldsmith with Steve Sponskowski. We'll, we'll be back in a minute. Yes.